The scripture this morning comes from New Testament, Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken, and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house has known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. It's the beginning of an Advent narrative, the beginning of the Advent story, the beginning of our future destination. Keep awake, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. Keep awake, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. It is a simple, simple statement encouraging each one of us to be vigilant. Back in the early 1980s, there was a best-selling book entitled Blue Highways. I don't know how many of us read that book, Blue Highways. It chronicles one man's adventure along the back roads and secondary highways of America. His journey took him into crossroad villages and almost forgotten towns where he met all kinds of people, interesting people, including a few hitchhikers whom he befriended. Among the hitchhikers was a Bible based evangelist who passed out religious tracts and confronted everyone he met with questions about their salvation, the final judgment, and the second coming of Jesus Christ. I mean, you can just imagine this enthusiastic evangelist in the back roads of American towns moving along and challenging people or questioning 
where they stand on their salvation. In other words, have you been saved on the final judgment where Jesus will sit as the final judge and, of course, the second coming of Jesus? The two travelers stopped one morning at a small restaurant in the middle of nowhere to eat breakfast. The evangelist immediately began preaching to the, wait to the waitress. And you can imagine, you go to the restaurant and you start proclaiming the gospel to the waitress. The waitress, who, as the evangelist proclaimed the gospel, did not pay much attention. The evangelist immediately began preaching to somebody who was not paying attention. And the evangelist said, finally, Jesus is coming sooner than you realize, young lady. The expression on the waitress's face did not change as she mumbled with an edge of sarcasm. Well, if Jesus is coming very soon, maybe I better quit early today, go home, and clean the house. Is the, wait is the waitress respond too casual for you? And maybe it is. But think about it. However serious the young woman was, a point is well taken. If Jesus is coming, you better get ready. And that's the message for the day. Not a matter of if Jesus is coming now. It is since Jesus is coming, you better get ready. For this is the exhortation from our scripture this morning. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. I don't know when Jesus is coming. The disciples of the first century didn't know when Jesus was coming. They asked him the question. And he said to them, even he himself did not know when that day will come. There was only one person, and there is only one person who knows. And that is God the Father. He knows when Jesus is coming again. My friends, what if Jesus were to arrive today? Are we really ready? When we hear of the end times, because that's what the scripture is all about this morning. When we hear about the end times, the, we quite naturally tend to be afraid. Nobody wants to, to see the sun darkened. Nobody wants to see the stars fallen. So when we read about that in the scripture, because Jesus says these are the signs. And whether we like it or not, it's going to happen. And the natural inclination is for us to be fearful. The Christian, however, cannot be fearful. 
when we talk about the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when we talk about the end times, the Christian, those of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Christian cannot be fearful. The Christian must wait in hope. And that's what the first Sunday of Advent is all about. Waiting in hope. We're not afraid that he's coming again. We're just waiting in hope that it would happen. And this is the event for which we have lived our lives. This is the day of our salvation and our ticket back home to God. Because we all know we have to go back home. Because in this world, on this earth, we are strangers. And when Jesus returns, we will be at home with him. However, even though we need, need not fear, we must be ready and we must be vigilant. And therefore, the scripture says to you and to me this morning, keep awake therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Open your eyes. Stop sleeping. Be vigilant. Be watchful. Be ready. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. There was once a boy who was so obsessed with watching TV that whenever he Whenever he was invited, and wherever he went, he would arrive late because he had to watch his programs. He was so happy returning to the television that he never finished his breakfast or anything else he was doing. And if you have kids and grandkids, the program is partly true. If they have a program to watch, the program take priority over breakfast for some of them. And so was this little boy. And one day in his post box was a mysterious parcel. And inside the parcel were some special spectacles, along with a piece of paper saying, with these you'll be able to see time. With these, you'll be able to see time. The boy didn't understand. He put the glasses on, looked at his brother, and saw an enormous pile of flowers on top of his head. I mean, just imagine you put on the glasses and that's what you see. An enormous pile of flowers on, the, on his brother's head. The flowers were falling down to the ground one by one. And it wasn't just his brother. Whenever he looked at anyone through those glasses, exactly the same thing was happening. The only difference was that the older the person was, the smaller was the pile of flowers on their head. And according to how that person behaved, the pile gained or lost flowers. I mean, just imagine that. So the next morning, while having his breakfast, the boy remembered his glasses. 
and putting them on, he was horrified to see that coming from his own pile was a constant stream of flowers going in the direction of the television set. Not only that, but the television now has an enormous mouth and was ferociously eating up all the flowers. And everywhere he went, he would see wide-looking television eating flowers. Finally, after realizing what television actually are, the boy decided he would never again allow them to eat up all his time. Think about it. On what are you wasting your time? As the church, on what are we wasting our time? As a nation, on what are we wasting our time? As a people, as an individual, on what are we wasting our time? What is eating up our time in preparing for the coming of our king? Generally, generally, and we know it is true, generally we do a very fine job of preparing for what we know. Events at some future date, we, we do a good job preparing for those events. We make our plans and we prepare for family events such as birthdays, anniversaries, graduations, and the like. We just finished Thanksgiving. We, it took us a long time to prepare for Thanksgiving Day. If you're hosting family and friends, you prepare for them. If you're traveling, you prepare for that. We do make preparation for events that we understand is coming at a future date. We are also quite adept, despite the hectic pace, at preparing for major holidays. We make extensive plans for our next vacation or three-day weekend. I mean, we do that. As a people, that's what we do. Most people spend a considerable amount of time getting their finances and personal investments in order so there will be adequate funds for retirement. We make preparation for all those things. But what about our future eternal life with God? How many of us spend time preparing for our future eternal life with God? Do we realize our need to prepare ourselves and the responsibilities we have to the world to get ready for the eventual return of Jesus Christ? It takes preparation. Most of us will not be lucky like the thief on the cross. Because the thief on the cross, on the day that Jesus was crucified, was invited into God's kingdom. Most of us will not be that lucky, my friends. And that's why God has messengers 
on earth today to give us the message so that we can prepare ourselves for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I suppose this is not a topic many contemplate daily. It's not something we think about every day. But maybe we should. We should spend more time preparing for the coming of the Lord. Not just his first advent as the child who was born into the world. No, but his second advent as he comes as the king of kings. That's what we celebrate as a church. When we talk about the advent season, we talk about the coming of the king of kings. We celebrate Christmas to remind us that 2,000 plus years ago, the child arrived. The God child arrived. We celebrate the incarnation, God becoming human. And we know better than that because we also celebrate and observe Good Friday as well as the day of resurrection, Easter. We know he died. We celebrate the ascension. We know he returned to heaven. And we know what he said, that he's coming again. He's coming again, meaning for each of us that we need to prepare for the arrival of the King of Kings. And how do I prepare for, for the coming of our Lord? How do I prepare? The waitress at the diner says, I have to go home so that I can clean, clean my, my house. Yes, you have to clean your house so that you are ready for the coming of the Lord. But the house is you. It's you yourself, my friends. You prepare your heart for the arrival of Jesus Christ. Because the only qualification or prerequisite that I know for us to be Christians and for us to be prepared for the coming of our Lord is number one, by recognizing the fact that we are human. Recognize the fact that we are human. Secondly, because we are human, we are sinful creatures. Because the Bible says we've all sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. So in preparing ourselves for the coming, recognize the fact that you are human. Recognize the fact that as a human being, we are sinners. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, says the scripture. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Third step would be, ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness because it is only God who can forgive us for the sins we have committed. And then you remember Calvary. At Calvary, what did Jesus do for us? He died for us. Not because he was a sinner, but because we are sinners, and to cleanse us from our sins, the blood has to be shed. Jesus died for that purpose. I recognize the fact that he died for me. And after I do that, my friends, knowing that my sins are forgiven, I open my heart 
to accept him as my Lord and my Savior. I say to Jesus, come into my heart. Come in as my Savior. Come in as my King. Rule my life. I believe in you. I believe in you. And after you do that, my friends, you become a follower of Christ. Not just somebody who comes to church, but somebody who believes in Christ, and therefore you are a follower of Christ, and therefore, as a little Christ, you become a Christian. And as a Christian, we believe what the Bible says, that Jesus is coming again. Amen? That Jesus is coming again. And when Jesus comes, he comes for those who believe in him. And we can celebrate all the Advent, celebrate all the Christmas, but if we don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we refuse to accept him as our Lord and our Savior, it becomes meaningless. But when you accept him, my friends, when he comes again, you are going to be with him. And then, when you are with him, it is an everlasting process. It is a life that will never end. A life that has a beginning. Jesus says to you and to me this morning, keep awake therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But you make preparation. And the preparation is for you to believe in him and to accept him as your Lord and your Savior. The exhortation this morning is not get ready. That's not what we're saying in, in the season of Advent. Get ready. No. The exhortation is be ready. Amen? Be ready. You be ready. How many of us are ready for the coming of the Lord? I can tell you that I am ready. Does not mean I'm going to die tomorrow. But I am ready. Because I believe in him. I believe in him. I believe in him. I accepted him as my Lord and my Savior. So I know that I am ready. So this morning, the challenge for each of us is, how ready are you? Have you opened your heart to the Lord? Is he your personal savior? Does he know your name? And when he comes again, will you be with him? Friends, make it personal this morning. I don't want you to do it for somebody else. I want you to do it for you. Because when the Lord comes, the pastor is not going to stand for you. Your grandparents or your parents are not going to stand for you. You will be standing there for yourself and by yourself. Are you ready for that? It is my prayer this morning and always that people who come to worship will believe in Jesus, will believe in the Christ who is coming again, the Savior who died for us so that on his return he would accept us 
as part of his family. Do you believe this morning? I pray you do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the redeemed people of God say, Amen. Amen.